Welcome to The Golfing Mind, the podcast which looks at the game of golf in general terms, uh, but specifically the area of interest uh, for this podcast and the tens of millions of followers are, okay, I exaggerate a little bit, but the followers is the uh, the mental game. Uh, the way we think is going to influence the way we perform. And in golf, more than most sports, uh, the mental side is of critical importance. When I've spoken to professionals, I've oft quoted to you the statistic that 80% of tour professionals think that um, the game is, the sorry, not 80%, 100% of tour professionals think at the highest level the game is 80% mental and 20% mechanical. And if you go to the practice range on any given tournament, you'll see so many stunning strikers of the golf ball, you'll wonder, wow, how do I pick a winner? And then if you look at the statistics um, at the end of the season, you'll see the same 10 names are always appearing in the top 20. And on the final day, the same three, four, five players' names are appearing with distinct regularity. So the question, I guess, is why? And for us amateur golfers or weekend warriors or however you perceive yourself, um, there is an aspect of the mental game that we can apply, or there's many aspects we can apply, but somehow we don't because we kind of imagine it's something you're rather born with. Now, when I speak to professional golfers and I ask them what kind of training do they do for the mental game, without exception, um, they don't. And that's kind of, they'll have a session with a coach and they'll sort of understand something. Um, but that doesn't mean they can do it. And yet when I suggest to them the idea of doing regular drills to develop the mental side of the game, there's always a sort of pushback and resistance in a sense of, you mean I just have to sit in a chair and imagine stuff? I don't, how does that work? Now, if you sort of look at studies done on the brains of people, uh, particularly Buddhist monks, who have spent their life uh, doing meditation, um, there is so much evidence to demonstrate that, uh, well, firstly, the brain has got a great degree of what's called neuroplasticity. Uh, I hope I pronounced that correctly, which means that the brain adapts um, as required. It creates new neural pathways. Now, people who have been meditators for years and years and years can demonstrate in um, CT scans or MRI scans of the brain that different areas, the areas which are in charge of like uh, peace of mind and sort of calm, uh, are very, very uh, developed. So we can develop our brains and yet, you know, we don't. And I get it why we don't, because A, we don't feel we need to. But more importantly, we sense somehow that whatever we do is not going to make that big of a difference. Now, I've been fascinated by this idea for many years. And I know that if you repeat something, uh, you develop an automatic process. I remember speaking to a, um, a fellow who spent his life in the British Army, and he told me it took 1600 repetitions for something to become automatic. So. If it comes to stripping down a, a rifle, uh, he said it would take them 1,600 um, repetitions on average before they could do it blindfold um, perfectly. Uh, but as long as they were thinking about what they're doing, 
they were getting in their own way, which is what is the problem on the golf course. And I've heard pros use this expression. I, I got in my own way. I couldn't get out of my own way. I was thinking too much. I was overanalyzing. I was overthinking. And yet the things in life we do automatically generally are free from anxiety and stress. We just do them. And when we do them automatically without any emotional um, interference, it's, it's easy. And there's a thing known as optimal flow uh, in the world of sort of performance psychology, which is better known as being in the zone. And it is, you know, the title of this podcast is Mysterious Zone. I've spoken to, golly gosh, 20 professional golfers and I've asked them about the best round of golf they ever played. Effectively, I'm asking them, have you been in the zone? And they all tell me the same thing. And what they tell me is it was easy. That day, it was easy. The second thing is the ball was on a spring. I just had to visualize or imagine where I wanted the shot to end up. And right down to the ball flight and I could do it. The, um, the putter was red hot. The hole looked the size of a bucket. They could see the line. They could instinctively feel the right pace. They expected to make every putt. But then they tell me other things, which was there was no emotional connection. There was no sense of, wow, I'm in the zone. There was no sense of fear, no sense of joy. It was just extraordinarily matter of fact. Other things they tell me, which I find very congruent with what my research showed, was that time stands still. There is no sense of time. Everything is, as it were, uh, in the present moment. There is no sense of past or future. And yet, um, when I ask them, and this is the million dollar question, and this is the question I want to try and address today. It's only taking me six and a half minutes to get here which is how do you get into the zone? And that's it. I mean, if it's demonstrable that when you are in the zone, you are going to play your very, very best golf, it begs the question, well, why don't I just get in the zone? And the answer to that is very easy because we don't actually know how to do it because if we knew how to do it, we would. And if we try to look at uh, what common um, features occurred prior to someone going in the zone, uh, it can be different for different people. So what do I think? Well, I believe, or I think I believe that the zone is a combination of three things. Number one, it's a, it's an inherent and I call it unconscious confidence. So it's not an articulated confidence. It's just sort of at a subconscious level, you believe beyond any doubt that you have the ability to play great golf. The second thing is you are without fear. And if you're without fear, you're without joy. So you're actually without any emotion. It's almost, and I've mentioned this before, and the third thing is there is no um, connection to outcome because your confidence is so high, you just don't even entertain the possibility 
of a bad shot. Now, there are players who've got into the zone on the back nine of a major on the final round. So it's not something that's affected by pressure, but I believe it's always preceded, and this is what I think, preceded by one or two streaks of excellence. So a perfect drive, a perfect turn, and a perfect putt. And that settles you down. And then your unconscious mind is sending messages. You know, you can do, this is your day. And at that point, you know, without realizing it, you step up and you now expect everything to be just fine. But I don't think you can start with two doubles and then go into the zone. I just don't believe that. And I think to go into the zone, you need to be in a sort of safe, stable, secure frame of mind. Because if we could turn the zone on and off, then of course we would do it. But the keys was, when people say to me, there was a knowing. I remember this fellow telling me I had a three iron to the green and I wasn't sure if I should have a fade or a draw. But he said, I knew I, 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 he said, I knew I could land it on the left or the right side of the flag. He said, with no doubt in my mind. So when do we experience this as um, golfers? My experience with my clients and with friends I've spoken to is generally the first, second or third round after a six month layoff, after the winter layoff, when you take your clubs out of the garage and you think, yeah, I'll go walk the dog and I'll play six holes. And you go to the golf club and you get your bag out and you walk out there by yourself. You tee it up, you're a bit stiff, you hit one or two shots. And then on the third hole, you stripe a drive and then you pull out your three wood and it goes like a rifle shot. And then you chip out the bunker to two feet and you just made a birdie. And you think, wow, any one of those would have been my best shot of the year. I've just hit four in a row. But now you're thinking, well, I'm not expecting to play well. It's the first round of the year. I'll just tee it up and have another hit. <clears throat> Same thing. Because you've no expectations. You are not worried about the outcomes. But at a subconscious level, you're being fed with this unbelievable energy that I can do it. And that's kind of my thinking around the zone. If you've any thoughts you'd like to share, drop me a line. I'd love to hear them. As I often say, I'm a big fan of the uh, the mental side of the game. And um, if any of you are serious about learning to develop that, please go to the link uh, with this podcast and sign up um, for 13 weeks. The first lesson's free. If you're not enjoying it after three or four weeks, let me know. Get your money back. Um, the price has gone up this year, I'm sorry to say. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm very happy to say it's gone up, but... Uh, Sorry for you if it's uh, not what you wanted to hear. But uh, we work with our clients online and with professionals on the tour. We arrange one-to-one -one meetings at a mutually convenient time. And that's it. Well, wishing you all the very best for the week ahead. And until we meet again, play good golf.